When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, history friends. This, as you're aware from the title, is a teaser for the extra feed for the month of May. I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you guys are really, really excited for the direction this podcast is going. Since this is May, that means that the ridiculous birthday party celebration that I've been banging on about for the past four or five months is finally going to be near you guys now, and you guys are finally going to be able to listen to it. Obviously, I'm so, so excited because I really have been building towards this for the better part of half a year, and it feels like we were never going to get here at some stages, but we're nearly there now. So, in commemoration of that, go us. We're nearly five years old. In fact, this is our birthday month, so I'm basically going to eat cake every day. But that's another issue. What I'm really here to talk to you guys about today is, well, what's going on in the extra feed? Because yes, despite the fact that you guys are going to be getting this birthday party special, there's also a lot of stuff still going on in the extra feed too. And this episode will kind of let you know what, well, what that stuff is. So first of all, we have a special kind of, well, I suppose it's, I don't know, it's it's hard to describe in terms of what I normally do, but it's an adapted essay, you should know, but it's a very interesting one at that. It looks at the following premise. So we all know that European countries had colonies at the start of the 20th century, and many of them had colonies in Africa. Germany had colonies in Southwest and Southeast Africa, and yes, they were pretty bad, just like all the other ones, but... There were some particularly terrible things that went on in Southwest Africa. In fact, things that were perpetrated there against the native Herero and Nama peoples that have been since described as genocide by many historians. So in line with this, when the Germans started behaving in a genocidal kind of way and displaying theories and ideas and principles that were later replicated, some would say even followed, in the Third Reich and in their genocidal policies against Eastern Europe and within the Holocaust, etc. Some historians have since done what historians tend to do when faced with things that look somewhat similar. They try to connect the dots and develop a theory of their own. So what this roundabout description is trying to tell you is that my essay, or my extra episode, for the month of May kind of looks at the idea of whether the 
genocidal policies in Southwest Africa may or may not have influenced the later genocidal policies of the Third Reich in Eastern Europe. It's a very interesting question, and it's something that, well, this podcast has never really touched on before, but it's part of an essay I did for political violence in the 20th century, which was a obviously very uplifting and positive module that I had in my master's degree. And I enjoyed it, and I did well in the essay, so I hope you guys will give that episode a listen. If it sounds interesting to you, but you're not quite sure, have a listen to this sample, and then you can judge for yourself. So fundamental to the continuity thesis is the idea of Lebensraum, the need for living space that was upheld most infamously by Adolf Hitler, but also by notable Imperial German officials as they travelled to the new colony of Southwest Africa. The journalist Friedrich Ratzel developed the idea, and Ratzel himself had coined the term after many years abroad in the United States. Ratzel believed that the US case of westward expansion was a great example of a colonial policy, of a people migrating because of their need for space. It was, he believed, unfortunate that Germany had not managed to, perhaps 200 years before, colonise the Americas and thus provide her people today with greater space to live in. However, Ratzel also noted that, in his words, it would be foolish to turn down black bread just because we did not reach the white bread in time. The reference to black bread is especially notable because in this case it represented the colony of Southwest Africa, the only significant colonial possession suitable for German settlement. Simultaneously, a bizarre notion of the need to maintain the true essence of the German people, the Volk, emerged, which revolved around the ideas of agriculture and peasantry, of working the soil and allowing the experience to form one's identity. Such notions were at odds with the then prevalent overpopulation of German cities and the rich landowners' monopoly of the best German land. The answer to such problems lay in the colonisation of distant lands, which would provide the homeland with raw materials while the children of the colonies would become a living repository of this better, more authentic German way of life. These ideas were encapsulated in the ethos of the Pan-German League, established in 1891, of which Friedrich Ratzel was a founding member. The Nazi regime also believed in the necessity of agriculture and the positive impact being a frontier people would have on the German nation as a whole. Having recast the Lebensraum and social Darwinist ideas of the late 19th and early 20th century, which now justified Germany's eastern expansion at the expense of the people already living there, Hitler imagined the establishment of an eastern wall, where German settlers would form farming communities and work the land for the benefit of the fatherland and themselves. Even the Nazi party's early representation of itself to the electorate was soaked in a glorification of the small and medium-sized farming communities that had, incidentally, fallen on hard times in the previous years. A 1933 Reichstag election poster upholds the principles of loyalty to the farmers who would form the core of the Reich's racial and economic stability and would simultaneously enjoy state protection. It presents a panel of photos designed to play upon these farmers' fears, presenting the Nazi policies as saving agriculture from Bolshevism with the slogan, Hindenburg and Hitler to the rescue, all farmers vote number one for Hitler. The text of the hereditary farm law, passed in September 1933 once the Nazis had come to power, defined the farmer as a 
peasant. More specifically, these peasants were described as someone that was a German citizen of German or kindred blood and a man of honour. However, to simply present the use of Lebensraum and other Volk-type concepts as identical and directly inherited from Southwest Africa to Eastern Europe does not tell the whole story. While it is true that the concept of Lebensraum remained the same idea in a conceptual sense, it was not similar in its execution or in the intensity of its ideological base from one regime to another. There is a fundamental reason for this. While in Africa the native Herero and Nama peoples were certainly discriminated against and treated with an abhorrent concoction of racial supremacist thinking that was occasionally mixed with biological ideas such as social Darwinism or concepts for German expansion like Lebensraum, to state that German colonial policy in general acted with such concepts at the forefront of their inspiration is too great a leap from the reality. Alrighty, what did you think of that? Hopefully you'll feel compelled to go and check it out, because like many debates are, it's a very interesting one, and even just unwrapping it once more, I found myself really kind of getting involved with the source material, getting involved in the debates at hand, and really kind of turning it over in my mind again, which is what it's all about. I really want you guys to think when you listen to these episodes. I want you guys to be able to understand what it is I'm talking about, and then be able to think for yourself. And I think that's why debates like these or theories like these really help us, because even though on the surface you might be thinking, what's the point in comparing these two eras? By comparing them side by side, we can gain a better appreciation for what motivated the peoples that operated or acted in these events, and we can then better understand what it was that compelled them or motivated them to act as they did. Sound good? Alrighty, I hope you guys will check it out. Now, If you're still listening, then congratulations, because you're about to be privy to a secret, a surprise, if you will, that, well, it kind of forms part of the fifth birthday. I'm not going to give away what the fifth birthday of this podcast is, because I want you guys to be spellbound by that on the 18th of May, but I debated giving this little snippet out for some time, and eventually I decided to just go with it, because... You guys, I think, will be so surprised, but you still won't quite know what's going on, which obviously is the best way to be. Well, that's debatable, but anyway. So what am I about to show you guys? Well, the following is an interview I had with another figure, a guy you might recognize. And I don't know, I don't want to give away too much of the game, but as the kids say these days, I'm just going to leave this here. Remember, if you like the sound of this, guys, this will be showing up on the extra feed. And to access this in the extra feed, you have to become a patron of When Diplomacy Fails, which you can do by going to patreon.com forward slash when diplomacy fails. Okay, so you're still with me and you're ready to hear the surprise? Brilliant. Have a listen to this and try not to fall out of your chair. I think that's what makes it relaxing. It's like you're doing all the work for us kind of thing. Well, I can relate to that. I I do put a lot of work into it. I think I I can't speak for other history podcasters, but the the podcast that I do requires a lot of research. And in fact, about, you know, 80 to 90 percent of my time is spent researching. And then about the the other 10 or 15, 20 percent is spent 
you know, recording and editing and doing all the technical stuff. But yeah, it's, it's very uh, research intensive, but I, that's the part I enjoy that mm. to me, that's, I wouldn't do the podcast. Otherwise it, it, to me, I just love digging into the, the old text and, and the language and, and trying to tie it into historical events and develop themes and tell a story. And then really that's what it is. Ultimately it's, it's telling a story, good history, podcasting or, or, teaching is really just telling a story a good story and that's the way i look at it absolutely i would i would i would agree emphatically with you on that i think the most important part of the history is the story i mean the word is in is in is in the is in the word itself so exactly yes that's right Um, i'd like to since we kind of jumped into that i'd like to talk a bit about just a bit about your kind of process for an episode i mean Well, what did we think of that? Do you know, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is judging who has or who hasn't listened to this teaser episode, because those that have, I'm pretty sure, will be excited enough to start saying, Zach Twomley was talking to the History of English guy, whereas those people that haven't listened to it won't know either way. But you should know, yes, I did talk to the History of English guy, and we had a great conversation. And, although... You guys will be able to listen to a good chunk of that interview. The full extent of that interview will be available on the extra feed. More information will be available in time, but you should know that this is just a foretaste of what's to come for our fifth birthday. Excited yet? Well, you freaking should be, because I certainly am, and I can't wait to drop it all on you guys very, very soon. It's the 18th of May, guys. The 18th of May, 2017. That's a Thursday, by the way, so... Make sure you're ready for that. From Thursday, the 18th of May, 2017 onwards, we go wild. It's going to be great. Make sure to tell people what you heard here. I'm really interested to see exactly how many people stuck around for this part of it. If you guys would like, you guys can tweet me at WDF Podcast, or perhaps even just talk about it in other realms. Maybe tell your friends that I talked to Mr. History of English and that he is a good guy. And if you want to hear more about it, you know where to go. Alrighty, guys, we're going to get out of here. My name is Zach, and you've been listening to a very interesting and exciting teaser episode for When Diplomacy Fails as Extra Feed. Thanks, and I'll be seeing you all very, very soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.